Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. We have a very important episode today and a topic that really needs to be expanded upon. And I have two great friends who are going to be here to talk about it today. And we're going to be talking about post-abortion recovery. And for anyone who has listened to this podcast, uh, you know that in uh, previous episodes, you've heard me reference this as probably the most uh, untapped mission field in the United States right now. And I don't say that for dramatic dramatic effect. I really believe that that's true. And uh, today, uh, Jack and Sheila Harper are going to help us to just look at that at a deeper level and walk us through that, talk about a wonderful ministry that they have. And then uh, we're even going to give opportunities uh, for those of you who are listening to actually engage uh, with this ministry and find out what you can do uh, to be helpful, find out how you can get resources and and just a whole lot of other stuff. So uh, Jack and Sheila Harper, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you. you. We're so honored to be here. Well, it's a real honor to have both of you on. I'll tell you what, let's just start with this. Um, uh, both of you, tell us just a little bit about yourself and and the mission of Save One, the, the ministry that we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Well, I'll go first. My name is Sheila Harper, as you said, and I am the founder and president of Save One. And what we do is we simply help men, women, and families recover after abortion. We were founded 21 years ago, and it's just been a wild ride ever since then. And from my end, we had planted a church and were church planners, pastors for 11 years, and God very clearly called uh, us to resign the church and for us to work together at Save One. So we did that in 2018, where I became the men's director to make sure that men know that they have a place to turn with the with the pain that they're going through, and then also to bring awareness that men have a right to have a, to be able to speak into this issue. And so we get to work together, and it's really cool. Yeah, that's been awesome. The men's portion has just boomed ever since he came on board. Oh, that's great. And you get to work together, and you still like each other. We exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a gift. That's a gift right there. Well, well tell me, let's, let's drill down on that a little bit. Tell me about... Um, you know, tell me about how you just knew Save One was just formulating. Maybe you didn't have a name for it, but how could you tell God was tugging at your hearts uh, to move into Save One as a full-time ministry? Well, it was, uh, it, it was pretty amazing. We had planted the church, and we, were both, we both had pictured ourselves uh, uh, pictured ourselves going and just staying at that church forever. And then, um, you know, God spoke to us very clearly. We were at a conference and he said he was going to take us out of the church. And I knew that this meant that we were going to be doing this full time and, and we were to put our all into it. And that's what we did. It took us several months to get clarity and make sure that we had heard God correctly because it was a step of faith. We were we were leaving this secure job in this incredible church that we loved and going into this, you know, this ministry full time that is such a volatile subject and there's so much spiritual warfare around it. We knew it wasn't going to be easy, but we knew at the same time that it was exactly what God wanted. Yeah. You know, there will be folks listening to this that probably have never thought about the post-abortion recovery side 
of the entire abortion issue. And that's because, you know, when we look at the issue, uh, what dominates it is whatever's happening politically on the uh, you know, on the front lines today, whether in Washington, D.C. or, or at the state level. Right. It's just the dominant discussion point. And, you know, every time you start talking about the A word, you get into abortion, it immediately goes into a political discussion. At least that's been my experience. Exactly. And, and a lot of folks just don't think about, uh, okay, the, the real-life aftermath of an abortion for men and women. So as you have started this ministry, as you've, as you've expanded this, as you're working on this very wide concept, um, how big is the need for abortion recovery ministry? Because I, I can imagine there are some folks who are thinking this is a very small niche. I don't think that's anywhere even close to being true. How big is this need? <laughs> yeah. Well, with there being over 62 million abortions that have happened since Roe v.ersus Wade in 1973, it, it's mind-blowing. The statistics tell us that one out of every three women have personally chosen abortion, those who are, uh, are um, uh, in the childbirth years. And then also, that means one out of every three men have lost fatherhood. And so for every one abortion, there is a mother and a father and then that doesn't even go into start talking about the numbers of families that are affected by this. The grandparents, the siblings, the aunts, the uncles. I had an abortion. My two sisters grieved that niece that they had. My whole family was affected by that. And so the numbers are absolutely mind-blowing. And that's just here in America. That's not even talking about the other countries yet. That's just here in America. And so... When you think about that, when you think about the the you know the person who checks you out at the grocery store, or the per, uh, your t- uh, your child's teacher, or you know uh, all of these people in your life that you're coming in contact with that have this secret and they don't know where to go and lay it down, but their whole life is affected by it, and it's just this secret that you carry around until you finally find that safe place to talk about. So. It's it's astronomical, the numbers, the need, the people who are walking around wounded from this one choice. On those hurts that are being carried around by those who uh, either, for women who have directly had an abortion, for men who are involved with paying for it, or whatever the situation might be, grandparents who encouraged it, uh, all those situations that you just mentioned. Uh, this is a question for, for both of you, and Jack, we're going to start with you first. What are the differences that you have seen and experienced between how, let's say, how a man who's been involved with an abortion decision, how does he process that grief and and regret versus how women may process that? Well, with the with the men, the the problem is is they don't know how to process it, and and that that happens with the women as well, and so they they walk around and they're abortion wounded. They they have grief. They have shame. They have guilt. What, whatever the process they're in, so what happens is these symptoms starts to come out uh, in their lives. It it can be addiction to drugs or alcohol. The men have um, an anger issue which borders on rage, and so you see that in domestic violence and and uh, violence in the communities. Our, our uh, rehab clinics are over, you know, they're overcrowded and have waiting lists. And then pornography, which is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, there's an addiction to pornography or pornography outlet, 
because there's no chance of people getting pregnant, you know, with, when they hook that way. So all of these ailments in our society are, are very much symptoms of what's going on with this unprocessed grief, guilt, and shame. So what Save One does is that we, we walk through this biblical process of helping them take care of that guilt and shame and take it to the rightful place, which is the foot of the cross, and let Jesus do what he does with it. Mm. And one thing that I've noticed, the difference between men and women as well, too, as they're working through this grief, men are more hands-on, like they want a task to do to help them. And women are more uh, like they want to journal or they want to think and they want to talk about it and things like that. So it has been really cool to see that dynamic in classes. Yeah, I know. I recall a um, situation years ago now, but I was just having lunch with a with a with a business colleague, and we were just talking through some things. And it's all, all the way in the middle of lunch, just out of nowhere, um, this gentleman looked me in the eye and he said, I, "I've got to tell you something." He said, "I've been dealing with this," and I'm going to say this businessman was probably early fifties, and he said, "I've got to tell you something." This back when I was sixteen years old, my girlfriend was pregnant, and I paid for. Uh, her abortion. Wow. He said, I cannot, I said, I cannot get over that. And I mean, that came completely out of nowhere. And, uh, it, you know, for me, uh, it even, it took me aback, even though I work in this full time, I just mm-hmm. wasn't prepared for that sudden switching of gears talking about this. And Jack, I don't think guys are, I mean, I think, you know, for, for guys, we do talk about just hands on step one, step two, step three, yeah. and have that come just like out of left field and uh, have that as a conversation uh, was just something that was uh, was just really eye opening to me. And, and here was uh, you know here was a, a, a colleague that you know I, I never in, in, in a million years would have known that was part of his background. We just you know, and guys don't talk about stuff like that anyway. But you know it just kind of came right out there. And, and uh, you know so I imagine there are a lot of businessmen that have those type of discussions and really need help in preparing to handle that discussion, whether it's uh, you're the one seeking help or whether you're the guy across the table like I was, that you have somebody that's saying, this is this is what I'm dealing with, uh, which in, in essence is saying, help me. Yeah. Well, I, and I think you said at the beginning when you were doing the introduction that this is one of the, the biggest untapped areas in, uh, in, preser- in, you know, in fighting for the, for the unborn. And what it is, is there's so many people out there that have have this abortion wound, but until they have been able to get to their healing, they really can't tell what the the devastation and destruction in their life has been. So they, they feel capped, they feel like they can't go, and then when they do get this healing, when they go through and they find this this release, then that that mass in numbers, which we, we like to call an army of truth tellers, when they're released into uh, our communities, our cities, our churches, then then bigger numbers of people are able to know that there's the possibility of healing. So, you know, like your your friend you were talking about there, there he just came to a boiling point where he had to say something. And we find that again and again. Men, um, this just this past weekend, I had somebody come up and tell me, you know, it's like, this was 30 years ago. I never really talked about it with anybody. And this guy I've known for 20 years, and he had never said anything. He knew what we did, mm-hmm. and and he just grabbed Sheila and I to, t- to talk about it finally. So, 
Um, it's a tough it's a tough subject, but we're what we want to do is help people. Yeah, and Sheila for women who basically you know have have been uh, given the line, if you will, that this is a great exercise of your freedom. This this makes you whole as a woman to be able to exercise this control as abortion supporters would say over your body and make your own decisions and so forth. Does that add a layer of, I don't know, pressure or guilt to, to on one hand, be told that this is supposed to be a great exercise of my freedom, so why am I feeling this way? Yes, it makes you feel like you're crazy. Because you you're told that this is a good choice for you. This is a you know this is something that women had to fight to get to be a right for you. And so a lot of times you're 17, 18, 19 years old, or even in your mid to late twenties, you're making this decision, and you're like, well, you know, I, I feel like that's that's good, but there's something inside me that doesn't feel right. So you make the choice, and then you're still being told that this is a good choice for you, but that's not at all what is computing on the inside. And so you just feel crazy. Like, well, why am I the only one that has ever suffered after an abortion? And why do I not feel like this was some great right for me? And so, I mean, it's just a, it's a very hard situation to be in because nothing that society is telling us matches what is going on in a person's heart and mind. Well, let's talk about the church. Uh, let's talk about, let's say, a pastor or ministry leaders listening to this uh, episode of the podcast, and they're thinking, well, okay, that's a problem, but that's a problem out there. It's not necessarily a problem uh, within the church walls because I'm talking to people who uh, maybe, in some cases, have been born and raised in the church, and, and you know, it's just not an issue with my church. What would you say to, yeah. to that pastor or that ministry leader? Yeah, that, that one in three women and the one in three fatherhood that has been lost, those numbers don't change inside or outside the church. Mm-hmm. And and I know a lot of a lot of pastors are surprised by that. Yeah. You, you know, you uh, you think, well, we're here in this this setting. Our our particular uh, community just has not engaged in that. And it, it's just not true. We we do trainings around the nation, actually around the world. And. As we sit in those trainings to teach people how to facilitate the Bible study and how to uh, help people, almost every time it's one in three. I mean, you, we, we go around the room and ask what brought you here. And we don't tell them they've got to tell us whether they've had an abortion, but it just comes out and, it, and the numbers are always the same, right, babe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. And it's just amazing because... Pastors, when they don't talk about it from the pulpit, it just it just solidifies in a man or woman's heart that this is not a safe place for me to come forward with this grief. But the moment a pastor starts talking about the abortion issue, it's like little by little they're taking it back from politics and saying, you know what, we're going to deal with this in our church. And it's amazing. The doors will open and the people will come forward, not not necessarily like come forward to an altar, but come forward to the class, the confidential class that's being offered and and finally have a place to lay this down. And nine out of ten times, if I had to guess, the pastor is always, always completely shocked that these people were sitting in his church the whole time and had never spoken of this secret in their past. One of the things too, Mike, is that uh, 
before a lot a lot of times when we talk with pastor it's the first time he's thought about abortion recovery right and so it, what what they wanted to do is preach on the sin of abortion they want to hit that they want to talk about which it, is a good thing which is you absolutely know. needed but then they've always realized that they don't have that next step because when we talk about the sin of something or we talk about repentance then we need a place for for healing for people and they just have never had that so they find this to be a huge relief because they can preach on the sin but then they, those that are hurting can also find help so it, it it's really a win-win process yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i was wondering about that uh, in your experience do pastors not address abortion recovery because they want to just avoid it it's controversial it might inflame some things or is it that they just simply haven't thought about it I, I think it's a little of both, but I think it's it's that they don't know what to do. Yeah. They they don't, you know. It's like I, I've heard people come to me and say, "I talked to my pastor. He just told me I needed to pray more, or he need I, he told me I needed to go talk to this woman over here." You know, it's like they they just are are doing the best they can with what they know, but they weren't taught that in Bible college. There's not. There should be. And I am trying to develop this with the the uh, Bible colleges. There should be a class on how to deal with these hard, tough issues that are so relevant for our society today. And abortion is one of those. So, you know, there needs to be a class for these pastors in seminary and colleges to teach them how to deal with this so they don't end up with having these huge numbers of broken and hurting people in their churches. So tell me how Save One can come into a church. Let's say a pastor's listening to this, and he contacts you after this podcast and says, Wow, I really listened to what you guys had to say. Uh, my church is not equipped to do this. How does Save One help equip a church to address abortion recovery in a very meaningful, Christ-centered way? Well, we uh, we have done all the homework for you as far as we possibly can because we want to make it easy because having pastored a church together, we know the the pull that is on a pastor's time and on his, uh, you know, on, on everything about him <laughs> and the money and everything. And so um, we have we have training either in person or streaming or um, online. So three different ways that he can choose for his leader to be trained. And it doesn't necessarily mean like the pastor needs to be trained or his wife needs to be trained, but but bring forth that leader that says, you know what, I've got a heart for this. I'll spend the time getting trained, and then we can offer this first class. And we've set it up to where most churches these days have a small group program, and they can just incorporate this into their small group program and have it, you know, make sure that it's confidential. But we talk about all of that in the training. And so we get their leader trained, they start offering it, and it just kind of snowballs from there. We give them marketing ideas, we give them videos and uh, a strong network of chapters that they can stay in touch with. We have a coordinator over every state in America that they can talk to for prayer support and to answer questions. It's like we just... We just want to pour into these leaders who are on the front lines teaching abortion recovery because the more we pour into them, we know the more we sow, the, the, you know, we're going to reap that. And so we, we just want to develop leaders to run with this. 
Yeah, that's so critically important because I know a lot of uh, ministry leaders would be thinking, um, I, I agree this is important, but I don't want to add another program onto yeah. my schedule. Exactly. Do it and, and all that sort of stuff. And the fact that you guys can come in, and as you've said, you've done the homework, you provide the materials, provide the expertise, provide the leadership, is just, uh, a, just a gold mind uh, of knowledge and resources that churches can pull off of. So Yes, and it's free. Great. It's free. It's free. Absolutely not charged to 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 become a chapter. The only thing we we charge for are the books, which we always encourage them to pass that cost on to the persons that's the that are coming through the class. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it really doesn't cost anything. So, as you've grown in Save One as a ministry, and you continue to move forward, and and this need just gets larger and larger as every year goes by, and and we continue to deal with this uh, nationally and and globally, what are you seeing as the biggest challenges that Save One faces as you move forward? Uh, The biggest challenges. The biggest challenges, uh, there has been research done that says that 9 out of 10 people who are abortion-wounded have no idea where to turn for help. And so when I read that, I, oh, it just broke my heart. So to me, the biggest challenge we have is to just get this help to the public through opportunities like this, like you're offering us, Mike, right now with, with your podcast. So, I mean, it's just those moments of getting this word out, getting uh, uh, opening up the avenues of healing so people know where to go for help. Right now, we're in 35 states in America, and our goal this year is to be in all 50 states because we, you know, the need is so huge. We could have a chapter uh, in every city, in every state, and it is still not enough because the numbers are so huge. And so we, we, uh, we have made it our goal to be in every state in America this year, and we believe that it is just advertising and working our hardest to get out there and get the word out there. And that takes money and it takes laborers and it takes prayer warriors and those types of things. So that's probably our biggest challenge. Do you agree, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's take this from, let's take this from a different angle for folks that may be listening and they say, okay, we're all about, you know, we want to end abortion. We want to protect unborn babies. That's where the focal point is. That's where the political action is all at over here. And maybe there's a disconnect between understanding how that goal of ending abortion ties to the tens of millions of men and women who have had direct involvement with abortion and the whole abortion recovery sphere that we're talking about today, why is it so critical to engage with both help and other types of avenues, all of those who have had experiences with with abortion? How does that tie back to ending abortion? Well, that's funny that uh, that you said that because I just had this conversation with a woman. We were at a church and she came up and she said, but what are you guys doing to stop abortion?" And I said, well, we feel like this is the greatest weapon we have to stop abortion. But she was like, no, but I want to do something on the front end. And I was like, well, if you came and helped us with abortion recovery, it it was like it was just this circle. She couldn't understand Mm -hmm. what I was telling her. I absolutely believe, Mike, that this is the key that we have been missing 
in the in the pro-life movement, bringing abortion recovery up to the same level that we do everything else, because this is how I know this to be true. Abortion is straight out of the enemy's playbook. He is the one who came to steal, kill, and destroy. And Revelation twelve eleven tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So as children of God, when we start telling the truth about what abortion really does to you, we overcome the enemy. We become more powerful than the enemy. And we will overcome the abortion issue because he's got it wrapped up in his grip right now. And so we absolutely believe at Save One that this is the key to ending abortion in our country and around our world simply by getting the people who know the truth in our communities telling that truth. And it's an absolutely amazing process because it's like when one person gets healed, they change the future generations of their family. Because so many times when that wound is carried from generation or or when that wound is started in one generation, it starts being carried to generation after generation. I can't tell you how many times somebody comes through and they say, well, my mother had an abortion and my sister had an abortion, too. You know, And, and it's like all of these people in their families have had abortions. But once somebody gets healed, it's like it ends right there. And so we're we're literally seeing abortion end in families and seeing families be restored through abortion recovery. And they become the greatest voices for life because it's like you it's almost like you are compelled to tell people what God has done for you after he has set you free from such a horrible prison that you've been in that abortion puts you in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I absolutely believe it's through abortion recovery. We're passionate about it. <laughs> well, tell me what's on, on the horizon. Do you guys have big plans for any uh, big expansion coming up for Save One or maybe a, a new program or a resource that you're working on right now? Oh, we're always working on resources. That's the, Yeah, that's, that's the, for sure. One of the cool things that we just continue to see uh, expand this past year in 20, despite the epidemic or the pandemic and despite all of the slowdown that everybody uh, had to encounter, we had some really amazing things happen. We had the Macedonian translation that got completed. We were able to finish our translation, so we now have all of our training materials, uh, the resources, the books for people to go through in Spanish. and The training in Spanish. The training in Spanish, and then... Uh, Hindi translation, so we're now in India. The men's and, and women's. Yeah, men's and Hindi. women's. We had wow. two two locations there. And then there's two or three other translations that are in the pipeline right now. And um, we, we, have, we have that big, big project that we call the Capital City Project. Mm-hmm. And, and that one takes a lot of money, and we know it's out there, that it's eventually going to happen. But what we want to do is is just blanket each of the capital cities in the U.S. with uh, media coverage, billboard coverage, radio, TV, and go in before all of that happens, train people, have them ready, and then start an advertising campaign where people can can truly see that there is a place to turn for hope, healing, and restoration. 
That's exciting. I mean, it's, yeah. it's always exciting for me to talk to leaders like both of you who have a vision to continually expand. I mean, I can tell your heartbeat and your passion for this is not business as usual. You see the uh-huh. need. You know it's so massive out there, and you've entered into uh, such a huge mission field. And uh, I, I just hear from your voices that God is continuing to expand your vision and will bring the people and the resources your way uh, to help accomplish these things that he's placing on your heart. So it's just uh, thank you for being visionary leaders who are not just staying with what you have, but continuing uh, to push forward and to break new ground and to do new things. Um, we're kind of, well, thank gonna you. Kinda, yeah. We're, we're kind of going to wind up here. Uh, have a couple more questions. I'm going to ask how people can be involved. But before we get there, um, this may be the most important question of this entire interview. Because I, I always am a firm believer that there's no one listening to this podcast by mistake. People stumble across. I mean, there are millions of podcasts out there now. And there are probably some folks who just happen to be you know, going through Apple Podcasts. They found the Love Times 2 podcast. They're driving. They're bored. They thought, okay, I'll, I'll just see what's happening. Or maybe they just hit it by mistake. Uh, it's not by mistake. Every single person listening to this episode is listening for a purpose. So my mm-hmm. question to, to both of you is... Uh, what would you have to say to the individual, man or woman, who just happened to be listening to this podcast, has no idea what it was going to be about, but continues to listen because they're just drawn in by this uh, for compelling reasons in their own heart? What would you have them to take away from this entire discussion today? Yeah, for the men that, that happen to be listening or, or hear this and sometime in the future, which I love that these podcasts have that shelf life, uh, to those guys that participated, that you, you knew about the abortion, you knew about it was going to happen, you participated by paying, or you just um, backed up and said, I don't want to be involved. And, and then at the same time, for those guys that knew nothing about it, they just found out later that there was a pregnancy and uh, there was an abortion and they had a child that they lost, or to the men that in, like in my case, who married into uh, the aftermath of the abortion, and you've seen the devastation. I want to tell you that there there is a, a way for healing. I, I've seen it over and over again that men are able to come through to process what, what has happened, to find that healing through the Word of God, and that there is hope, and that there is another side to life, that you don't have to walk in that in that place that you've been that's dark. So I, I, I would encourage you to contact us at info at saveone.org or you could go on our website at saveone.org, look around, and if you have questions, just, just write us and, and let us know what it is that you're struggling with. We want to help, and we're willing to help. That's good. And, and if I could just add to that, you know, when you start to think, well, maybe it is time, maybe I could actually deal with this horrible thing from my past immediately you think of all the reasons why you shouldn't this person may find out or so and so doesn't know would i have to tell them what if they find out or i don't have time and these people are probably crazy how's a class going to help me it's like you start thinking of all these obstacles and reasons and i always like to tell people question that Why do you think all of those obstacles are in the way? The enemy doesn't want you free. He doesn't want you to be rid of this. 
He likes having this hold over you. It's like this, uh, it's like a blackmail ploy to hold over your head to make sure that you don't get free because he knows that your story and you are a powerful tool in the hands of a powerful God once you're healed. And so question that when you start having all of those thoughts, think like, really, do I, do I really want to carry this around for another 20 years or could I step out and just try? Because what could it hurt? You know, God's word is what heals. It's not anything that I have written in these books or that Jack has written in the books. It is, it is literally God's word that heals. Great words. Great. Sheila, just share one more time for those who are listening that they're they're like, yes, I want to be involved in some capacity with this, or I need to talk to somebody, or a pastor who's listening that wants resources, folks that just want to be involved, maybe somebody out there is listening that it maybe even is part of a foundation, and they're saying, I love this vision that you guys have, and I want to talk to you about how I might be able to even provide resources for this. How can they contact you and Jack and and get that ball rolling? Oh, absolutely. They can email us at info at saveone.org. But go to our website, saveone.org, check out our staff, check out what we're doing, look at all the chapters that are there, um, and then also follow us on social media. We are very active on social media. We have a girl who is so good at what she does is keeping us on social media. So go to Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, and then also subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have tons of videos on there of brave truth tellers who are telling their stories and uh, they they build my faith when i see their stories they get they you know they straighten my spine and make me feel like i can do that you know so get online and check us out as much as you want to ask us questions we are an open book and we just want to help people awesome well thank you jack and sheila for taking time out uh to be on the podcast today uh, wonderful words of wisdom to share. I love the, the vision of your ministry. I love the heart of compassion uh, that you have. And just look forward to how God's going to open new doors and do uh, new stuff. And we'll have you come back on to talk about things as they develop and, and give an update on how Save One's doing. So well, thank you for being that's on the podcast. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Mike. We are very honored. We uh, feel the same way about you and love what you're doing. Thank you very much. Well, God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.